Okay, so today we're going to begin session 104. Um, we're in the last three now. This session 104 was received July 27, 1983, which happens to be about a month and a half from session 103. So 103 to 104 is about a month and a half. 104 to 105 is actually about three months. And 105 to 106 is closer to five months, actually. So October of no, 105 was in October. So there was a three-month delay after 104. Uh, then October, November, December, January, February, March. So five months then between five and six, 105, 106, and 106 is the final session. And <clears throat> these last three are all were all put into book five. Um, they include commentary from Jim and Carla. Nearly all of sessions 104 and 5 and 6 are Ra's guidance for the LNL group, um, helping Carla with her uh, process, her body challenges and illness and um, difficulties, and keeping harmony in the group and their move and their cats and various matters. So we're in the last triad here. <clears throat> so Law of One Session 104 is 100, uh, actually 100, is 26 exchanges. It'll take us two weeks, I guess. Uh, begins with commentary from Jim and then Carla that was put to book five. So Jim said, uh, talking about this session, Jim said, Ra made a point in Session 104 that seems to us to be one of the central principles which govern our evolution through the third density. It was in reference to the amount of exercise which would be most appropriate for Carla when her body was near normal <clears throat> and when it was weakened by one distortion or another. Ross suggested that it should be exercised more, meaning her body, exercised more when weakened by distortion because, quote, it is the way of distortion that in order to balance a distortion one must accentuate it, which means um, intensify or put focus upon it, and I'll explain that later, and we'll talk about that. It's a very important or interesting uh, principle in terms of balancing and healing. Jim goes on, in the next response, Ra refers to the use of gifts with, with which one has entered the incarnation as a kind of use it or lose it proposition. He goes on, when book one of the Law of One was being published by the Donning Company under the title of The Raw Material, we were asked to write an introduction. In one portion of that introduction, Carla was writing about the concept of reincarnation. When we got the galley proofs back from the Donning Company, we noticed that a sentence which we had not written had somehow appeared in what we had written. It was truly, quote, subjectively interesting, end quote. And that's actually Raw's comment, which we'll look at later, uh, about that. It wasn't um, <clears throat> somebody making trouble for them by putting something they didn't mean. It was um, sort of a metaphysical insertion almost. And Don uh, Jim concludes and says, Ra's eloquent closing was in response to a series of queries concerning our eldest cat, Gandalf, who then was going blind and losing weight, apparently in preparation for death. We have considered leaving this material out, once again, because it has little general appreciation, but we have left it in because Ra's desire not to infringe upon our free will is notable and well illustrated here. And personally, I'm glad they included all these um, communications from Ra, even when they seem to be too specific or personal, um, because even the, the notion that Gandalf the cat um, at this point in his life was going blind and losing weight um, pertains to humans too. And so all sorts of systems break down, uh, health, you know, physiological systems do break down before death, uh, including um, commonly there's loss of weight and um, the ears and the eyes start to go dim. Um, that is not unusual. It's also not unusual when there's a major life uh, crisis or transition um, being experienced. Uh, 
meaning many systems uh, start to break down the car or uh, you know the speedometer on the car or <clears throat> the lights lots of things don't work during certain phases of crisis or difficulty obviously uh, those can signify <clears throat> a major transition um, in progress and raw will um, make that eloquent response um, towards the end of the session, I think in the last exchange actually, and it also, I, it seems to me, pertains to the uh, imminent ending of this contact, uh, because even though Ra doesn't seem to allude to the contact ending, uh, I would imagine they had some understanding of the increasing probability vortex, or probability, that uh, this contact wouldn't uh, continue that long after. And so there, this was the, the, the third to the last session, um, the ending being 106, this is 104, and uh, even though it was actually a year and a half away or so, or a year away, um, it was approaching pretty, qu pretty quickly and metaphysically I'm sure it could be seen. Uh, other comments that Jim made regarding um, the way of distortion in order to balance distortion, which equals healing, which equals lower chakra blockage clearance or clearing blockages in the lower triad. Uh, in order to balance distortion, one must accentuate it. Um, that is actually, um, in a certain way, you know, there's a difference between accentuating and fully experiencing, but the willingness to fully experience a distortion, like anger or sorrow, um, or um, I really hate myself, or I really think I'm better than everybody, whatever the distortion, whether it's an emotional charge or a pattern of thought or a belief, um, fully experiencing it uh, seems to me to be necessary before the healing. Um, in fact, <clears throat> the willingness to fully experience it, to me, seems to be the bulk of the healing. And so, the, you know, uh, know yourself, accept yourself, become creator, Ross said. Know yourself, accept yourself. Uh, ideally, or in a um, well-performed manner, knowing and accepting is a willingness to fully experience and willingness to fully experience leads to an accentuation in the experiencing. It's an accentuated experience to open one's heart and mind to willingly, fully, or as much as I can, feel it and know it, and then move into, you know, acceptance and forgiveness and deeper understanding and, you know, a view of uh, finding a better way or finding um, what we... Um, what what is um, preferable, <laughs> a higher value, um, like uh, I don't have to be angry all the time, or I don't have to be sad all the time, or better for me to speak openly rather than rage, or uh, maybe I'm not so terrible after all, or maybe I'm not so superior in all ways. Whatever <clears throat> the you know counteraction um, of wisdom is one comes to at the end of that healing process knowing it and resolving on a better way resolving on a less distorted way so <clears throat> it's very deep stuff use it or lose it obviously we know that and um, that's the case and that itself could be <laughs> expanded on very deeply so each one of, Don, of Jim's paragraphs here uh, brings an important principle and you can see um, even though this was all put into book five and we can say it's pretty much all personal material so-called um, profound principles are also being taught along the way so Carla's response or her commentary is a lot longer than Jim's and she'll explain <clears throat> she wrote when people try to improve their living habits they always go for diet and exercise as being the first things to change I think these changes have a mental and emotional benefit as well as a physical one, meaning as well as a physical one, 
in that it feels as good for the mind as for the mind as the body to be doing something when there is a concern. The concern for me, by all three of us, seemed never-ending. I don't watch soap operas, they move too slowly for me to keep an interest, but certainly at this point we were living in one. I was steadily losing weight, even eating more than I ever had, so the focus was on diet and exercise. I think we all <clears throat> felt better because we were trying to work on the problems actively. It did, however, seem to take up so much time. Much of the days spent on maintenance seemed spent on maintenance. We were all stressed by the situation. <clears throat> I always have loved my childhood summers spent dancing on the at the Noyes Rhythm Foundations camp in Portland, Connecticut. It exists still today and is a wonderful place altogether. One I cannot recommend highly enough, for you can live in a tent, dance on a sprung wood floor to classical piano music in an open pavilion with greens, wards, and forest about in an absolutely <clears throat> unspoiled environment. The teachers still follow Florence Fleming Noyes' original methods of instruction, which posits that all things have their own rhythm. <clears throat> so one may dance a starfish or a star, a bear or a horse or a blade of grass. It teaches that all things are alive and that they all have, that they are all one consciousness. It is very like the Isadora Duncan style of dancing, but with a much elevated philosophy driving the technique. You can be a beginner and still have a wonderful time. I certainly did, <clears throat> and I measured the exercises I was doing at that time with the yardstick of the dance. The walking came up short but I was faithful and kept up the routine. Jim usually was kind enough to walk with me, which motivated me greatly. I see here, <clears throat> for the first time really, that Ra was echoing Don's request of me, which always was to take more time just to sit. I am an avid reader, and have always loved to toss myself headlong into a romance, or science fiction, or fantasy novel, to this day, it is not unusual for me to read a book a day. Ah, if only the books were, quote, good literature. But no, I love to read just for fun and wink winkle away to adventure land. <clears throat> As time has passed, I have more and more found the time to rest in silence, but still tend to read too much. The stomach problems were to plague me for some years, indeed still. But things were greatly aided in 1988, when my doctor finally figured out that my gallbladder was infected. Ever since 1982, they had been reading the picture of my gallbladder as showing some sludge, <clears throat> not an operable problem. However, in actuality, it was simply infected and not working at all. Until the sick organ was removed, I was to suffer greatly, and four years later, in 1992, I had the second cleansing operation when half my colon was removed. These days I still deal with discomfort throughout the GI tract, but it is not beyond management, and most days I can do well and just put such aches and pains out of my mind. When the sessions were going on in 1983, however, I was in sorry shape. The stress of knowing things weren't right with Don was undoubtedly a factor here. One can note the way Ra moved fluidly between the psyche and the soma in working with illness, soma's body. They linked <clears throat> the severity of the pain to work in consciousness, which I was pursuing as intensively as I could, but too slow avail. When one has felt unworthy for a long time, one is slow to learn self-respect of the deep and lasting kind. I was embarking on a life lesson which was all about learning to be wise and live. Don was also embarking upon a journey, a much darker one. He was learning how to love completely and die. Meanwhile, our beloved cat Gandalf was getting old and creaky. He, how he loved us. He wanted only to be on us or beside us, always. His devotion never let up, even when, in Georgia some months later, we had to lift him to the food and sandbox as he could no longer walk. He would move heaven and earth just to be with us, and I got in the habit of carrying him with me so he would not have to walk on his sore paws. 
It may seem like Donald spent a lot of time on this kitty, but you have to remember how much like a child such a special pet is. We had no children. Being celibate, he, meaning Don, wasn't likely to sire a family, but we did have Gandalf and Fairchild. They meant a great deal to us, as our cats still do to Jim and me. Notice how the tuning started drifting as Don persisted in trying to get specific information from Ra. It is an abuse of a well-tuned channel to ask for specific information, I think. And notice how Ra's suggestions for bettering a situation always begin with rejoicing in, giving thanks for, and praising the situation, whatever it is. To Ra's way of thinking, when the attitude with which you met the moment was praise and thanksgiving, you'd best you'd be best prepared to meet it well. Simple advice, hard to follow, but worth it. So, uh, her commentary here begins with <clears throat> um, discussion on the factors associated with um, self-healing um, that normally begin at the physical, physical body, mind, spirit, physical, mental, uh, spiritual, usually beginning with spirit, beginning with living habits associated with eating and exercise or rest. And yes, as she wrote, of course, these changes or improvements in diet and exercise have mental emotional benefit as well. That's called the bottom-up approach. So there's bottom-up, body to mind to spirit, top-down from spirit to mind to body. Both ways work. Um, in combination, they're best normally. And sometimes we can't do one, we have to do the other. So sometimes uh, life situations cannot be changed, <coughs> um, but mind conditions can. Sometimes mind conditions cannot be changed, but um, conscious attitude or spiritual perspective is the only thing that can be changed. And so when I do counseling with people, <coughs> I can see that sometimes. Uh, and so it's useful for some people uh, at some points and some phase of self-healing, self-development, to pay more attention to the physical. <coughs> there are other, kind, other times when that cannot be modified. There are cases when uh, all that can be done is change of spiritual perspective, such as forgiveness and <coughs> particularly understanding laws of uh, karma and reincarnation. Reincarnation and karmic load, karmic liability. Uh, knowing that uh, with mind from spiritual awareness may be the only way <coughs> of addressing bodily or physical um, issues at certain points. So, bottom up, top down, both work well together. And um, <coughs> as for Carla, um, Ra was addressing how she can change diet and improve exercise and that whole issue of um, when the body is weak you should exercise more it depends <laughs> it depends um, one size doesn't fit all in terms of uh, the the, prog the uh, treatment recommendations for a physical problem or a mental emotional issue and of course they're always connected and they're always really different aspects of the same seven chakra issue. So seven chakra <clears throat> distortions or blockages in the seven chakra system come out in body, come out in mind, and come out or associated with spiritual perspective distortions, all. And so, <laughs> you know, Ross said the physical and the metaphysical are inseparable. Uh, you can say that body, mind, uh, and spirit are inseparable, and every physical condition has mental emotional correlates and spiritual perspective or core belief correlates and associations too. So <clears throat> um, everybody was stressed at this point and she continued um, having to focus on her body which she really didn't want to do. Um, but there's you know focusing on her body in the way of diet and exercise which Ra was recommending including dancing and the exercises of um, that she talked about at this um, dance camp, Noyes Rhythm Foundation. Um, <clears throat> the, the performance of those phys of physical um, training, <laughs> such as diet, 
and exercise and sleep um, is helpful not only to the physical but um, is also uh, identical or is concurrent work on mind and spirit as well meaning uh, this is all associated with some very deep, very low self-worth. So, you know, many people see Carla's um, uh, great love and willingness to, you know, give herself in service to all, which she did and does. Um, but she's saying, when one has felt unworthy for a long time, one is slow to learn self-respect of the deep and lasting kind. <clears throat> so, um that's a pretty significant problem um, deep self unworthy deep sense of unworthiness and this is when Ra talked about the need to move from value in action to value in s meaning to appreciate her worth as a being independent of her function conditional you know moving from conditional to unconditional self appreciation and so uh, a person who hasn't learned it can't teach it or a person who teaches something they haven't learned um, has some blind spots in the teaching of it. And so, um, if you want to learn something, it's important to make sure that the one teaching it really knows it. And so, there's a real problem here with um, feeling unworthy for a long time. And um, that's what led to all sorts of problems in body. And... um, she had half of her colon removed and again this is all digestion and gallbladder infected um, all of that can be traced to significance of second third chakra um, in terms of distortions and uh, mistaken core beliefs particularly about self-worth and value um, and all sorts of uh, associated dynamics that go out to society or self-expression and that is the basis of the martyrdom so Everybody's process is complicated. Uh, <clears throat> she was there. There was a lot of stress, and people were having a hard time. Don as well, and um, even Gandalf, their cat, was approaching the end of his incarnation. And um, how much they love Gandalf and Fairchild, and um, I think Gandalf was said to be harvestable, so he may be uh, a third density newcomer or on the astral plane preparing for incarnation so that's very interesting and then finally um, Carla explains uh, that yes indeed the tuning started drifting meaning the narrow band transmission was uh, less narrowed than ideal as Don persisted in trying to get specific information and um one should take a very careful, critical look. I assume that anybody listening here, other than the few agents, um, are sincere in seeking the balanced, high development of love and wisdom, including discernment and um, perceiving distortion. Well, <clears throat> one should perceive very carefully there are all sorts of dramas going on in the um, New Age and uh, spiritual communities that we're familiar with, uh, perceiving clearly what is uh, transient and what is uh, core information. What what are the prin- the principles of soul evolution are not transient. And talking about um, people and specific actions and controversies and scandals, while true and maybe helpful in guiding one's decisions is not um, essential information regarding principles of evolution. So, uh, for me, these days, I was increasingly disinterested in transit information, or at least um, it's... it's, I'm starting to develop more of a distaste for it. And um, there's nothing worse, I think, than so-called spiritual teaching that really is full of specific, full of transient information. You see, specific information and transient information are not the same. Carla wrote specific information. Well, if you're talking about um, the principles of uh, formation of illness in the body, 
associated with particular chakras and subplanes of chakras, associated with particular distortions of mind, associated with particular karmic stream and multi-incarnational patterns that need to be healed. That's pretty darn specific, I'd say. But it's not transient. Why? Because it pertains to um, the needed guidance and principles of one being's deep self-healing transformation. That's very specific, but it's not transient. The details are uh, transient in that he did this, or you know, I did this, and um, formed these beliefs, and these beliefs associated with certain kind of action and patterns and habits, and those related to particular illnesses which have to do with certain chakras and subplanes and chakra relations. Uh, very specific, um, somewhat transient in the sense that you know, eventually the conditions will change. Everything's transient, you know. Even principles are transient because the octave will disappear too. But it's specific, um, but its core principle, it's the philosophy, the, the principles of soul evolution. And if a person doesn't know the principles of soul evolution, I'm not that interested in listening for long and considering them as some kind of teacher authority. And I think you should be careful and uh, think deeply at how valuable is this information that this person uh, spends most of his or her time presenting. Um, so, <laughs> it, isn't specific, it isn't specificity. It's the uh, weight placed upon it, and it's actually the relative degree of relevance or irrelevance to spiritual principles of our own transformation. And of course, you know, I don't have to... It, it's nice to watch a soccer game, or it's nice to watch a funny movie, and there's no necessarily principles of soul evolution in my mind that I'm seeking. However, <laughs> I find principles of soul evolution all over the place, including in comedies and including in uh, sports games and this and that. You can see God everywhere. You can see demonstration of love and wisdom everywhere. You can see the lack of love and wisdom anywhere where it isn't, if you look. And so, with an eye trained to appreciate love and wisdom and acknowledge distortions and lack of love, lack of wisdom, and the distinction between maturity and immaturity, and clarity confusion, um, one can learn everywhere, actually. And yet, um, there's a whole lot of information that comes from a whole lot of people who don't really have much to say about the principles of soul evolution. They just don't know it very well. And you can think, I do or I don't, whatever, but there are people who know more and there are people who know less. And there are teachings and teachings, <laughs> so-called teachings, and talkings that are greater and lesser in terms of their, their importance to our own continued healing and transformation. And there are other teachings that really are not helpful to our continued healing and transformation and really will just spin you around in circles of hope and fear or uh, longing for some wonderful thing to happen or discouragement at some terrible secret thing that's being revealed. But, you know, does, is, are you really helping yourself? So, you know, it's good to take a break. Um, it's good to, you know, enjoy triviality, if you like. And um, yet there are principles to be observed there, meaning one can see reality or love, wisdom, spirituality, and its lack, distortion, complication, as well as um, highly developed souls. Um, anywhere one's looking carefully, one can see any of that. Um, yet, there are certain, there's a lot of uh, so-called teaching, spiritual teaching these days that I see, particularly New Age type, uh, particularly secret space program type, meaning the secret things that are happening that, that we're going to share with you. I don't think it's pertinent. <laughs> it's not pertinent to transformation. And uh, I see a lot of people going up and down with the waves and um, running in place. 1040, the greeting. I am Ra. We greet you in the love and in the light of the one infinite creator. We communicate now. Don first asks about Carla, 104.1. Could you first please give me the condition of the instrument? Car, uh, da Ra says, the readings are somewhat less distorted 
towards physical bankruptcy and vital loss than at the previous asking. There is still considerable bias in these readings. This is talk about physical complex and vital complex levels or um, energy conditions. Physical bankruptcy is zero, and that's, you know, uh, death dealing and dangerous. Uh, less um, at zero, bankrupt, and less depleted vitally, which is good, but still problematic. Raw indicated. 104.2. Don says the instrument would like to know what's the optimum amount of aerobics, walking, and whirlpool exercises for the best condition at this time. And so that's, um, you know, very specific information, but critical, um, not, not detuning, not detunable, um, because uh, what can we do to help? And Raw offered aerobics, walking whirlpool, you know, the swirling waters. What about the mix of them? What about the um, proper um, arrangement of them and balance of those different help, helpful exercises? And that's a very important question. And Ra explains in a long answer here, 104.2. Ra said, we shall answer in two ways. Firstly, to speak to the general case which pertains to this instrument in varying degree, each form of exercise is well accomplished approximately three to four times per your week. The amount of exercise, all quantified as one sum, is approximately one hour per diurnal period, meaning one hour a day. So it's not a lot, but it's pretty steady. We now answer in a second way, distorted in this response to the duple, two, twofold, duple conditions of yellow-ray physical difficulty and mind-complex distortion. The swirling waters then must needs be viewed as being appropriate four to five of your times per week, the walking and the exercising as much as is desired by the entity. The total of all these should in no case exceed 90 minutes per diurnal period. The yellow-ray physical body has been experiencing that which is called lupoid changes in much tissue of muscle and some of the organs as well. The exercise regains the wasting physical muscular strength. In some ways, the walking is the more appropriate exercise due to the proximity of the entity to second density creatures, particularly your trees. However, the habitation you enjoy does not offer such opportunity and instead offers the proximity to creations of mind-body-spirit complexes, meaning human stuff. This does not feed the mental-emotional needs of this entity, although it produces the same physical result. The exercise fulfills more of the mental-emotional need due to the entity's fondness for rhythmic expressions of the body, such as those found in athletic endeavors, derivative of the artifact system which is known among your peoples as the dance. We suggest the support group encourage any exercise except that which exceeds the time limit which is already far beyond the physical limitations of this body instrument. It is the way of distortion that in order to balance a distortion one must accentuate it. Thusly, the overwearing of the body may, if correctly motivated, produce a lack of deficit at which, the, at which juncture the lesser exercise limitations should be put into practice. <laughs> so, there's the general, there's the specific, or general uh, for her to some varying degree. In general, you know, I don't have to get into the details, three to four times a week. And, you know, exercise doesn't have to be every day obviously, and it doesn't have to be uh, four hours every day unless you're training, you know, for um, athletic events or something. Uh, so, okay, Rob was telling her one hour per day for uh, basic exercise a few times a week. Um, the conditions, the twofold conditions of yellow ray physical difficulty, which is associated with physical energy complex, and then mind complex distortion, which is more associated with the vital complex levels, right? Vital is fed also by mind and will. Uh, and then how much time in the whirlpool and uh, addressing then the difference between walking in nature and walking in the city. 
and this is again um, a derivative of a principle uh, regarding <laughs> our own that, that is, is pertinent and relevant to our own spiritual evolution which is um, the um, for, for somebody for any spiritually sensitive person walking in nature obviously is a whole lot better than walking in the city even um, Ross said although it produces the same physical result there's also a mental emotional result associated then with vital energy levels <coughs> meaning uh, for a person who's spiritually sensitive walking in nature or walking with a loved one or a, a pet that one loves or with friends in the nature <laughs> it would be ideally nourishing mentally, emotionally, and strengthening to the vital system, whereas walking in the city not. Walking in the mall is not the same as walking in the forest, um, even if the physical result is comparable. Um, and one can get to higher levels of sensitivity where um, the equivalence of the physical um, achievement, the physical result, equivalence between walking in nature and walking in the mall or the city, that physical equivalence um, is less valuable or valued to the one who's more sensitive to the mental, emotional, spiritual. And so, uh, yes, it's good to walk, but I don't even want to walk in the city or I don't want to walk in the mall. And of course, you know, one can get into problems then uh, over-spiritualizing or becoming too sensitive or um, becoming too non-human while still in human form and uh, some people I'm sure some of you may know what that means um, uh, radical dispassion disinterest detachment disdain then of humanity and culture uh, radical detachment um, even due to sensitivity meaning no I want to live in the countryside I don't want to live in the city okay or I want to live with um, some people that I care for not people that are loud and obnoxious, okay, but then that detachment may uh, grow into disdain or even an inability to function in the city or be with the people or be with people that are not compatible, and that's a problem too, and um, often catalyst in life comes to um, kind of push us back to um, deal, being to making the greater peace in mind and well-being um, that can be sustained even in disharmonious environments. Uh, sustained well-being in a disharmonious environment is a great achievement. But you know, not all great masters, teachers, beings need to live, you know, in the ghetto or in the city or uh, amidst the disharmony. And there is some point there, I thought, like, you know, what's the point? Well, if you're helping and there's really a need for one there, then making peace with it is great or essential or critical to well-being. If there is no point to being there, why are you there? And if there's no point to what we're doing, why are you continuing to do it? If you're not getting something positive from it, why are you there? Why are you doing it? What's in, And that's not just culture or human or relationship or job but but anything in life and um, it includes also patterns of thought you know if if the way I think um, keeps me upset then there's a problem with my thinking <laughs> if my view of this um, if, if the if the gestalt the whole of my view um, keeps me upset or I remain upset, I think there's a problem there. It doesn't mean that one should like what's evil, or one should stop fighting if one wants to fight evil or negativity or disharmony or distortion or something like that. But it seems to me um, we have certain patterns of thinking that are akin to patterns of uh, how we spend our time in the day which is akin to where we live, who we're with, uh, what job we're doing, that really doesn't work, that really is harmful 
that really leaves us stuck and unwell, and yet we persist in the relationship, in the job, in the location, um, in those patterns of thought. And, and, and one needs a very fine discernment to acknowledge um, a bitter truth and yet um, know how to return to sweetness. Know, know how to return from bitter to sweet, even while acknowledging the continuance of a bitter reality without turning bitter oneself. Very subtle, subtle work, I think, there. So, anyway, you can read this more. There are many more principles involved in just 104.2. And, um, uh, you know, <laughs> this Book 5 commentary in blue here is rich, actually. 104.3, Don says, The instrument has determined that the unwise use of her will is its use without the joy and faith components and constitutes martyrdom. Would Rock comment on that, please? And um, the... You know, Ra had said um, acceptance of self, forgiveness of self, and direction of the will. This is the way to the magical or disciplined personality. So the disciplined personality, acceptance of self, forgiveness of self, and, and the right direction of will is the advanced teaching on know yourself, accept yourself, become the creator. These two are linked in my mind, in the book, I'd say, my opinion. So know yourself, accept yourself, become the creator is the great work of green-blue transformation of the lower triad healing to move into full, you know, spiritualization of mind-body. Then, acceptance of self, forgiveness of self, and direction of the will, the way to the disciplined personality. And discipline doesn't mean rigidly controlling. It means, um, in the flow of the Tao, <laughs> it means it's, it's the same as the, the full result of Wu Wei. Wu Wei, non-action, or effortlessness, um, natural being in the pathless path, as the pathless path, um, meaning, what, complete and perfect enlightenment? But a disciplined personality doesn't mean I keep rigidly holding down. Um, restraint, you know, is done when needed, but um, one needs to address the roots of that which needs to be restrained. <laughs> heal the roots of that which needs to be restrained is a whole lot better than uh, continual attachment to self-restraint if you know what I mean and then um, that dissolution of that which needs to be restrained or our patterns which are dysfunctional distor distorted is exactly what acceptance of self and forgiveness of self does acceptance of self which is very green ray but it really requires wisdom and discernment and real honesty too acceptance of self you can say is the a true acceptance of self is impossible without deep knowing oneself so know yourself accept yourself has the full consequence of self acceptance and that uh, leads to forgive forgiveness of self and full self forgiveness full self forgiveness obviously includes the wisdom discernment of truly being honest and take responsibility. <laughs> There's no, you know, honesty and responsibility are uh, inseparable. And uh, when we're dishonest with ourselves, it's generally because we don't want to take responsibility. And to the extent that we're not taking responsibility, we're being dishonest. And all those human leaders, generally, who are dishonest are irresponsible because they don't want to acknowledge that they're causing problems. They always blame the other. It's always the other, always the other. Right? We're the victim. We're innocent. We're the persecuted. Oh, you know, we're just, the, we, you forced us into this action. So the irresponsible one is generally a liar, certainly in human leadership, but certainly um, when we're caught in self deception. Right? So there's self deception, honesty, and responsibility. <laughs> we got to move out of self deception into real honesty. Uh, that will actually, you know, lead to uh, taking fair responsibility. And only then can we go into forgiveness. So, uh, acceptance of self, forgiveness of self, uh, includes deep honesty, <laughs> deep heartfelt self-caring, 
and a deep willingness to take true, fair, real responsibility, which includes, I chose my parents, I chose my body, I made my illness, I made it all on my side, not your side, but I certainly even made the reality that you're in my life. That's called responsibility. Then one can really have forgiveness. Then <laughs> there's direction of the will. Or we can say it's all direction of the will. And so, <laughs> just that um, is the way to a full full spiritualization of mind-body. And that's the key. And so, okay. <laughs> eh. So, uh, that's my riff on Don's comment of Carla's comment on her unuse, unwise use of will, right? So, unwise is, a lack, is actually a bit of not honest. And we are all unwise. To the, the degree that we have blockages in green-blue, we are unwise, which means we're dishonest, which means we're not honest. Willingly, un willfully, unwillfully, unwillingly, whatever. So unwise is non-honest. <laughs> but that doesn't mean deceptive or, you know, intending to harm. Unwise use of will without joy and faith. And that constitutes martyrdom. And that's an interesting way of describing martyrdom. Okay, Ra answered. Ra said, we are pleased that the entity has pondered that which has been given. We would comment as follows. It is salubrious, healthful, for the instrument to have knowledge which is less distorted towards martyrdom and which is rich in promise. The entity which is strong to think shall either be strong to act or that which it, shall, that which it has shall be removed. Thus, manifestation of knowledge is an area to be examined by the instrument. We would further note that balancing which, meaning we would further note that balancing which, in this entity's case, is best accomplished in analysis and manifestation seated within the contemplation of silence may be strengthened by manifested silence and lack of routine activity. We may go no further than this recommendation of regularized leisure and desire that the entity discover the fundamental truths of these distortions as it will. And so, you know, <laughs> Carla was a profound doer and Ra is um, emphasizing the value of being as, counter, as counterpart to doing, as um, associated with the healing of the deep pattern of healing of martyrdom, resolution of martyrdom, rectification of martyrdom, or ending of martyrdom, is a healing of its roots. A healing of its roots include know yourself, accept yourself, forgive yourself, take responsibility, which means be seriously honest, which means look into, um, what's a, what am I doing? Why am I doing this and hurting my body or hurting myself? Why? And so, um, the importance of um, silence um, balancing, which is another word, which is not, which is another way of talking about healing, which is another way of talking about clearance of lower triad blockage. In some cases, here, I think, in this case, Ra saying is best accomplished here now with her in that case, by analysis and manifestation seated within contemplation of silence. Um, manifestation seated with the contemplation of silence. Contemplating silence is quietly thinking about silence. It's thinking. Contemplation is a form of meditation, but it's conceptual. So Buddhist meditation is not, you know, anapanasati or vipassana, mindfulness sati type practices are not contemplative. They're actually um, formless in that there's not a focus on concept or thinking, but there is lots of Buddhist contemplative meditation, particularly in Mahayana and Vajrayana later traditions, thinking on, you know, middle way or this or that. Uh, contemplation here of the value of silence and um, the importance for her of regularized leisure means regular time spent in silence, not doing, stop doing, lack of routine activity. And some people ask me, you know, it's a common question. Am I being selfish, service to self, if I'm sitting quietly and I'm not going out with the people who want me uh, to go to the party or to the ball game or to the cafe or something, something? 
Um, this is the problem with the term service to other, service to self, the, the, the dyad there. Service to other is service to all, and to the extent that solitude leads to greater healing, that leads to greater love light. That radiates greater love light, that helps the whole planet. And that prepares one, obviously, truly, to be more capable in sharing love light with others anytime one's with others from thence forward. <laughs> so whatever is truly developed in solitude, in contemplation with regularized leisure, uh, in silence by contemplation or by quietly being alone, um, that transformation continues when when a people appear in our field. When people appear in our field, we're more capable of uh, being in love light or green blue because that's what's happened when we're in silence. <laughs> it continues. If it's really developed, it's um, it, it, per it persists. And so, uh, but this point, the entity which is strong to think shall either be strong to act or that which it has shall be removed, meaning development can be lost, uh, but certain development can, cannot be lost. And <clears throat> um, strong to think is not complete and perfect enlightenment. <laughs> it's wisdom. And it's particularly five, six, I'd say. Fifth ray, sixth ray blend. So when we are well developed in, green, in blue indigo, five, six, uh, I would say that's the capacity for strong thinking, thinking clearly, not being um, confused so much, or at least being able to capably, co capably conceive and uh, hopefully remain open-minded to keep learning. In fact, if you're not open to learning, you're not that strong. <laughs> if you're uh, the dogmatic zealot ideologue is not really that smart and not really that strong and not really that well-developed in blue, actually. Um, dogmatic force is not a sign of um, wisdom. Uh, forceful dogmatism is no sign actually of high intelligence or wisdom uh, or maturity. Uh, but people who are less thoughtful and more confused follow such people <clears throat> because they don't have such development of, uh, of uh, mind or will even if the other is less developed than they think they are. So, <laughs> this is a cesspool of distortion here, which is a great training, if we have that attitude, and we can keep, uh, we can keep learning to hurt ourselves not, to not hurt ourselves. If we can learn more and more how not to hurt oneself, uh, then of course one will never hurt other. <laughs> not hurting other comes from not hurting self. And the more we learn to not hurt ourselves, Clearly, we're not gonna. We'll be less and less hurting other. You know, that's called ahimsa, harmlessness. As that's learned more and more, one can appreciate this um, sinkhole of indifference <laughs> uh, and plumb the depths of the distortions that infect these peoples, or be aware of them without um, pulling hair out, and <clears throat> um, and basically um, continue to see you know, our own distortions in light of the rampant proliferation of distortions in the social complex around us. Okie dokie. And so, balancing best accomplished in analysis and manifestation seated with manifestation seated with contemplation of silence. Uh, um, balancing here strengthened by manifested silence and lack of routine activity. Um, the willingness to be in silence, I'd say, show you know can in this case would show a deeper love of self, a deeper self care, and a deeper self trust and a deeper self faith in herself or self appreciation than um, this kind of um, this this sort of driven internal drivenness to um, activity being driven to activity, even if it's service activity, um, comes from some distortions, and that's associated with the unworthiness, and that's the issue. That's what Ra's trying to help her heal here. 1044, is there anything further we can do to help the instrument's stomach and back spasming problem? 
Ross said the greatest aid is already being given to the fullest. The encouragement of the instrument to refrain from the oil-fried nature of foodstuffs in its intake is helpful, not fried oily food. Cheerful harmony is helpful. The spasms must subside as a function of the indigo of the entity's indigo ray work, and to some extent, the recommendations made in response to a previous query, the definitive refraining from overstepping the already swollen boundaries of physical limitation is recommended. The infection remains, and the symptoms are now far less medicable. The entity having chose having chosen the catalyst. <clears throat> and that's actually um, um, not a nice thing to hear, I would think, because when Ross said that the infection remains, symptoms are now less medicable, means there's less treatment that will work. It's gotten to a point where treatment doesn't work. Why? Um, again, it's uh, the body condition is derivative of the mind and mind-spirit, What's of mind? Well, Ra says, entity having chosen the catalyst. What does it mean, chosen the catalyst? Chosen to make good use and heal from the catalyst by the trigger of the catalyst? Or what? Well, I'm not sure, but it might be if um, infection remains and is not remediable or remediable or healable, treatable symptoms, less medicable, is that because she didn't, she chose not to um, to do a certain kind of inner healing, but chose to what? Um, keep generating the catalyst? Chosen the catalyst rather than chosen healing? Chosen to stay with the catalyst? And that's another matter we see in the book 2150 when John tries to heal the guy in the hospital he says don't don't heal my pain telepathically um, I need to experience this agony in body and die here in the hospital so a few lives from now I don't I'm not abusive to my wife that kind of thing happens and so uh, it may be that Ra's saying that she chose the catalyst means chose the continuance of the catalyst meaning the physical condition the, the illness, the symptoms, the, the infection, the, the unwell condition, chosen the catalyst um, for some reason. Why? I don't know. But that may be what they're saying. And so in terms of, um, again, principles are all over the place here. Maybe we'll take three weeks here. Um, again, the principle is um, she has stomach problems. She has back spasming problem. She's got a lot of... Um, pain and, and uh, hardship here, yet Ra's saying the greatest aid already has been given to the fullest, they're doing their best. So it happens and we should accept that. We may really well be doing our best, or a client that comes to us may really be doing their best. They really are. And the symptoms will continue. At one level, we can say the entity is continuing to choose the catalyst, is choosing to continue the catalyst of the body um, distortion or the pain and maybe they're even continuing the mental distortion and that's also related to this principle of healing distortion that to heal distortion one needs to accentuate it more pain and that's how people are politically asleep and that's how people politically waken they need more pain when when Ron Paul was rejected um, and the media scammed him and the people many people don't like many People who are suffering by the system don't like Ron Paul. Or they say, oh, he'll never win, that's a throw, a wasted vote. Well, if not everybody, <laughs> if people stop saying it's a wasted vote, then maybe he, he would win and maybe he could make something better. And um, I just felt that when Ron Paul was, um, you know, booted out of American presidential politics by um, the powers that be, by the media, and a lot by the people, you yeah, know, sorry, the people deserve, you know, you deserve the media you have too, or <laughs> I mean, there is some kind of responsibility for the people by the people who are suffering uh, for the continuance of their oppression. Uh, when I when I saw that, I felt America needs more pain. Americans have not gone into pain enough to realize that they're being swindled by their leaders, 
and that Ron Paul would have been a better choice <laughs> if he's, a tr- uh, you know, really, uh, seems to me like an excellent man, actually. Okay. But um, more pain is needed. Uh, people, souls uh, believe more pain is needed, and in fact it is. Um, sometimes to resolve a long-held, deeply buried distortion. So they were already doing their best. Yes, it's good not to eat um, oily fried food, but um, they were doing their best and the symptoms remained. And in that case, one can ponder the question of, is this person choosing a continuance of this catalyst, their pain, their bad condition, um, so that finally they'll get it. After a thousand failure successes, it'll be a success failure. And like 2150 says. And the other point is that <clears throat> um, the nature, it seems very clear to me, the nature of the work suggested in 104.3, meaning manifested silence, lack of routine activity, some degree of contemplation of silence, um taking a break from doing is indigo ray work 1044 and as that indigo ray work develops spasms must subside and so there may be some connection between spasms and indigo ray blockage and when indigo ray blockage is released spasms subside that may be the case in general to some degree for all it may not be it may certainly be the case in Carlos story as Ra's saying here. And that's a very, you know, the nervous system, the neuromuscular relation to sixth ray. Want to look into that? So indigo ray and the and neuromuscularity. You can find much there. Yes, we're getting to the end. <clears throat> um, and um, maybe we will end just right here. Because 104.5... <laughs> uh, gets us into the discussion of the cats and Gandalf. And I'm not sure if I can finish the session next class, but um, it is an appropriate break point here where uh, we just talked about Carla. We means you and me, not me, the royal me. When I say we, I don't mean me, the royal me. I'm Scott, I, I, I. I can use that word, no problem. What I mean is you and me. whoever the you are, or is, whoever the you is, you is here with me, Um, mind to mind. Mano a mano, manas a manas, that's Sanskrit. Um, Yes, and so I hope you've appreciated this, so we, (laughs) like next time, um, I will, I will start at 104.5, and we'll talk about Gandalf and Katz and his path and um, <clears throat> more in maintenance, and we'll see how far we go, we, you and me. And um, But I, I think what I find is um, the more one knows principles, um, the more one can find truth and teaching everywhere. So, Gongzi, Gongfuzi, Confucius said, um, the good man and the bad man, I can learn from both. Something like that. And so, the good man, he can see... Um, what is good, what is virtue, what is dun, chun, and um, what are the superior qualities that he needs to continue developing. And with the bad man, one can see one's own distortions too, as well as uh, the way distortions um, are, are rooted and manifest in the other, meaning what's the psychopathology in that person's mind that can be seen, and how does it manifest in tricky talk and deception and manipulation and all of their patterns of behavior? That can be seen. And so one can learn from everything. Um, I remember I once had this experience that um, I had the floodgate of, of information. Was the, 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 bro- the gate was broken. It was... In, it was unable to close and I just got pouring of information or everything was too important, everything was so meaningful but it was painful because I, it was too much coming in and um, 
that's another level of experience, which is pretty fifth, sixth, sixth, five, fifth, sixth density, it seems to me, where um, looking at every physical object, there are reams of information, and then principles and wisdom behind that, um, embedded or implicit or intrinsic in each object, in each phenomena, each um, phenomenon. Um, is rich <laughs> with information about its cause, its formation, its relations to others, its function, its symbolic meaning, its meaning regarding um, what it says about humanity having fa fashioned it, and if it's nature, nature its um, role in the divine, um, you know, in, in the seven-dimensional logoically fashioned octave in terms of a particular expression of a particular consciousness and function each, you know, the bee and the leaf <laughs> and the tree and the cloud and the mountain all different manifestations of logoic intention or logoic mind with, with profound information or meaning, significance behind them um, once upon a time that floodgate was um, un unable to be shut for me, and um, it was very painful to get too much. So, uh, profound truth is everywhere, um, and those and we, as we uh, purify our vision, may know more and more. Okay. Anyway, next time we'll pick it up at one hundred four point five. Thank you for being here today. I hope it's been helpful. Thank you to all, also. Take care and good night.